And you're very welcome back to another podcast delivered to you by WeddingSuppliers.ie. We have an amazing podcast for you. We have Sarah Kennedy from the Irish Wedding Blog. We have Peter Kelly, Aka Frank, and we have Dr. Keith O'Neill, who is a microbiologist and studies in life sciences. I think I'm getting that part right. We're going to talk about antigen tests at weddings, but we're also going to talk about the government's um, most recent announcements on how weddings are going to pan out over the next couple of weeks. So if we go to Sarah Kennedy first, I mean, this is all fresh news, Sarah. Um, we're still trying to find out exactly what's going on. But can you yeah. just give us four bullet points of what's happening over the next kind of two months, maybe. Okay, well, I suppose we're, as you've said, we're still awaiting clear clarity on everything. But what we know at this point is pretty much what has been leaked through media over the last few days. So we are looking at moving into remaining at, um, well, do I call it even remaining? So there's there's been a change to the, the ceremony structure. So your ceremony um, religious or non-religious can take up to 50 people in line with funerals but for the reception as in the meal after that you can have um, up to six indoors or 15 outdoors that is up to June the 7th when 25 can attend the meal but it will still be at the 50 for the ceremony so obviously that comes with um, <laughs> a lot of confusion. With a caution tag. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm just, I mean, oh, like, I just, oh, where do I start? Like, I'm there picturing, you know, going to a gorgeous venue like a Clonabrini or a Ballymagarvey or a station house, and you're sitting there, you're one of those guests, and you're there for the civil ceremony, and then it's fling your hook. You know, it's just, it's as, as welcoming as it is to actually have some, some boundaries open and to, for those who want to unlock and wish you well during your wedding day, it's not very practical, no. albeit that I'm delighted to see by June 7th there is that appetite to move into We 25. have 25. Now, I wonder, I wonder, could we bring Keith in here just very quickly? So, Dr. Keith O'Neill, like, I mean, I don't know how much you know about viruses, but I suppose, you know, microbiology, microbiologists would have a very, very kind of, I'd imagine you know a good bit. Does it make sense to put 50 people into a church or the civil ceremonies are permitted to have 50 people in a, in a, in a hotel venue and then tell 44 of them to go home and six of them can have a meal that evening? I mean, does that, does that actually make scientific sense? Uh, uh, well, I would certainly struggle to come up with a scientific justification for that. Right, I, I suppose at a at a high level, you could argue that if people don't spend too long close to each other, so in the church you're only going to be close to a small number of people, um, and then some of those people go home, then you produce exposure. But I think the reality is, if you're going to sit in a church and maybe wait for the bride or the groom for for an hour before everything kicks off, people are likely to have mixed. They're likely to have had a conversation and. If there's going to be transmission, I imagine it's already happened at that point. Um, there was a paper released just this week um, by a, a very proud group of scientists who did an analysis of whether boarding planes in a particular order was safer or not. Right. So if you boarded the plane by seat row, they felt, well, you're going to spend more time with those people in the line boarding the plane, and then you're going to sit with them, and then you're going to get off at the same time on the other side. So it would be better if people boarded the planes randomly. And so I'm sure there's some basic scientific validity somewhere in there. 
Um, but it's really tough to see. I think if you imagine the nature of a wedding where people are going to, are, they are going to interact. That's why they're there. Yeah. Um, and as well, lingering in the car park after, there's all of that. Like, you know, how are you going, how on earth can you, can you man that? You know, I think for many and a lot of the couples that I'm hearing from, some are welcoming it, saying, well, you know, there are members of the family that don't actually want to come and sit down and have a meal, but would be really happy just to go to the ceremony. And I think that's great. And if that suits you, that's, that's wonderful. I think what's going to be difficult is particularly thinking of some of the venues that I know and even some churches that 50 people socially distanced is going to be very, very difficult for them. Yeah. And then when you think about the queue to get in, the queues to get out, you know, all of the different controls around that, I think it's going to be difficult to to manage that in, a, in you know, in certain ways. Now, don't get me wrong, there's plenty of, of venues that have more than ample, you know, um, capacity and some will be outdoors, which will make it fine. But I think it's just more the, it, it's not necessarily, from, from my perspective, the whole transmission piece. It's actually like the, the, that, that emotional piece having I don't know what's worse I can liken it to this right so only recently um, I've had the opportunity to see my parents in an open space completely socially distanced and it's and you know my mum my and myself have had this conversation on the phone it's almost worse to just get a taste of the grandkids and not be able to to go near them and, and spend the day with them or them come and stay and have the overnight so I kind of feel if it was me and, and, you know, this is my subjective opinion, but it's very difficult to say goodbye and not be able to really acknowledge your wedding with the people that came for the yeah. whole way through. So you know, it seems like it's I'm, more, more it's difficult. It's kind of like a disconnect, I think. I think it's, I think it's more like a disconnect with, with the whole industry again. It's, I think the fact that they've even come up with this idea that you'd invite 50 people and then tell you know, 40, so many, 44 of them to head home is a bit like maybe they think that, you know, a lot of people still invite people to the afters. Like that hasn't happened for a long time. You know, afters have become really a thing of the past. And I think it's a bit like that. I think there's a disconnect. It's dinosaur. It's almost dinosaur, Peter. You're you're right. I think the disconnect, the the disconnected, yeah. Yeah. But it's just a continuing lack of acknowledgement for the industry and the complexity of it. And like, I'm, I'm hearing from brides that are so upset. I had one girl who told me she's literally cried all day and I'm mm. not being dramatic about it, but like, it's not about necessarily, you know, the this, the that, or whatever. It's, it's the money that's tied up in this. Mm. They're losing yeah. suppliers that they really wanted. There yeah. are loved ones that can't make it. It is so emotional and it's just, it's been ran through the ringer. It's exhausting. It's not about this bridezilla thing. It's not a luxury to have a wedding. It's no. so emotional and it's a rite of passage and they are entitled to have clarity they are entitled to know beyond a four week and an eight week period how many people can they invite to their wedding it has actually gone beyond the point that it's just so disrespectful to suppliers and to couples alone that just this complete lack of regard and even tonight's announcement i as i said i completely welcome the 25 guests don't get me wrong but it was completely brushed over now i'm not asking for them to come out and stand up on a pedestal and have a wedding dedicated piece all i'm asking for is to say we will have a roadmap you cannot plan july nobody can plan july now no, no. i'm you know, sorry like, that's, that's peak if, season. if i can bring we've peter lost, if, if i can bring summer. if i can ask peter just about that end of it because let's talk about the business side because couples have been very very instrumental now in understanding our pain 
and and although we yeah. understand their pain, it's almost like we're running on this together. Like Peter, can you tell us like your story? I mean, as as your as your as your business front here, it's just totally neglection from the government. Yeah, basically, I mean, I think from the first of all from from the couple's point of view, I've had couples and emails every night begging me for clarity and to beg the government for clarity. They're saying, Frank, if we can't get an answer from you, we'll give up because we've cancelled our wedding five times at this stage and postponed it. And now one one bride by me and she was in tears saying, I just, my wedding's on the 5th. If I don't have more than six people at my wedding, that means I have to choose which brother and sister I can't have at my wedding. Another person ran in said that they can't have their children attend their wedding because they're getting married They've, they've, they've tried to get married. Um, one of them was sick and they wanted to get married uh, basically to, to protect their family. They've got a new family together and they want, uh, one of the people was quite sick and they can't now have two of their children at the wedding. And they were like, there has to be some there other be way some around this. And, well, it's yeah. either, it's either, I, it's, this it's, is where yeah. it makes no sense. And I, and I think, again, when I heard the announcement tonight about, you know, uh, 25, okay, what I cannot understand is they've said there's 25, but they haven't said, okay, that if seven of the party have had double, double vaccinations, that you can have 25 plus the seven who've had the double vaccination. <laughs> yeah. Because that makes sense to me, but it doesn't seem to make sense to anyone in government. And this is where there's no linked up thinking. It seems that it's just, you know, yeah, it's very much. You're right. Uh, you can know, we, it, can, it, could we bring in then a little bit of the science to this, Peter, to answer this? Because I think we all, I mean, just society hmm. in general now. I mean, when we did here, when the papers leaked yesterday evening to say fifty people can go to your ceremony, I think it's leaked because people pushed that the church pushed on the mass goers, so they couldn't say fifty to you know to mass and then fifty not to your funeral yeah. or wedding. I think that's what that happened. Like my own father's funeral there just before Christmas, fifty people were in the, in 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 mass from ten o'clock to eleven, and he he arrives and we're allowed ten. <laughs> so if I go to Keith, I know, I I go know to Keith about this. So the science part, Keith, and I want to start talking about the antigen yeah. testing yeah. now. Um, Peter is a thousand percent right on this, Carl. Um, I mean, there is absolutely no scientific basis for this. If you ignore the fact that we now have, oh, I, I think at this point, the number is north of a million people who've had at least one dose of a vaccine. We have another, uh, another north of 250,000 people who've had COVID and recovered and as such should be considered vaccinated also. So you get to to a pretty significant number quickly, and it's just not been spoken about at all. We had the farcical situation yesterday where there were celebrations about this great acceleration of the vaccination program because people who've already had COVID will only have to have one dose of the vaccine. Well, why do they have to have one dose at all? These people are just as immune as somebody who's vaccinated. So there, there doesn't seem to be any consideration for the basic science anymore. I know that was the narrative at the start, and I think people were, at the time, very supportive and willing to row in behind that and listen to the facts. But some of that seems to have been lost in, in some of the recent policies. And that leads us to... And it really to, seems like we need to accelerate that. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, yeah, very, and it, again, it's, it's very conservative. Can, but can we get to the antigen testing? And again, if you're shopping, you know, if you go into Lindoral, okay, or you go into a Penny's or, like, you know, they're going to have all retail open. 
like you're talking hundreds and hundreds of people touching mm-hmm. garments, touching rails, touching products in shelves, and you know that's that that's that's okay. But you can't walk into a room separated and sit, you know, uh, two meters apart from someone and be served a, a, a meal in, in a huge outside ventilated marquee or an internal, you know, basketball hall with 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 fifty people. I mean, it's it's just crazy. But, so but I, I think, think, like this, this is the one thing that struck me because somebody asked me this, and I'm like, I don't see why not. So basically, as um, I, I can't remember from what date, but if hospitality opens and you can stay in a hotel, you can dine in the hotel. So yeah. what's stopping you have your wedding up here in one place and then have your guests all check in, book in for their meal, come downstairs and then they all have their meal. Okay, you're not in the same room. Zoom it in, whatever you want. <laughs> just, but, I mean, they are eating the same room. It's just wide open to yeah. absolute exploitation. Like it makes yeah, no but, I mean, where are they having breakfast in the hotel yeah. when they're open? They're not going to be able to say that, okay, all our guests have to sit outside. Otherwise... Uh, if it rains, which it does sometimes in Ireland, that means no one's getting a B and B rate or getting a B rate. So, I mean, it doesn't make sense at all to me. And also the fact that you know, in, in at the moment, if I could see some proof um, that you know we're we're one of the most regulated, restricted um, industries because we look after clients really well, and. It's it's very well managed from the moment they walk into a room. We know where they're going to be sitting, where they're going to be walking, where they're going to be going to the toilet. We know everything about them. And so we can control all that. Whereas if you go into a shopping center, there's no controls of the people going to the bathroom, people going into a coffee shop. You know, there's no restrictions or controls, whereas there is when you're having an event. And yeah. what really annoys me is we're now going to be roofing uh, Cork. Okay, so they're putting a roof over most of the city and a lot of the streets. So if they're going to do that and they're going to allow, you know, thousands of people sit under roofed canopies in the city centre, why can't I have a very nice wedding for 100 people where I will antigen test them before they enter the marquee and have an open-sided marquee? I cannot see how I'm breaking the rules uh, versus a, a, a thousand people in a city, and at the moment I, I've been in um, in Cork quite recently. There's open air markets which are indoor, mm-hmm. and they've have at, had up to eight hundred to a thousand people every weekend all through this lockdown, and they have never been closed down. And Peter, so can I just these, these are happening? Yeah, you know? If I go back to Keith about the antigen testing, because I, I, I'm very interested. But mm. just on my own perspective, you guys know I'm in a band. I mean, we're just really really itching to get back and then there's the all you know it's not law you can still have your band if you want but then it's up to the venue to permit it but then falls ireland to have the guidelines and we're not going to get into that in this podcast particularly but i mean now what we're actually doing and even listening to you guys here it's like we're trying to do the work to find our way back to work you know, so we're trying to do the work for oh, the yeah. government to try and find a way back. Leo, um, you know, the tarnish to actually, I seen the letter. He said antigen tests will not be part of the plan. Now I think yeah. he's moving towards them. So if I can go to Keith and just tell us, Keith, what's the difference between a PCR test and an antigen test? Not the scientific difference. Is there a difference in the negative and the positive results? And also, what's the layman terms? We have to yeah. bear in mind they're 
could be people tuning in that don't really know what that. Sorry, a PCR is. test is the, is the common is the common test that we get. Yeah. Don't you wait a day or two? Yeah. The antigen test is a rapid test. Sorry, and, and thanks for yeah. pulling us out on that, Sarah. So, Keith, can you just say is there is there is there a difference? What's the fear of using antigen tests to get us back to work? There is a difference, but not not maybe in the way you might think. So how they physically detect the infection in a PCR test versus an antigen test, they're just different ways to check for the same thing. And for technical yeah. reasons, a PCR test is a little more sensitive. So you can pick up people who've been infected very recently, but maybe have very low levels of virus in their system, test amplifies them, just like a music amplifier, it amplifies the amount of signal that's there so that you can see it a bit more easily. With an antigen test, it, they're very good at picking up an active infection. They're slightly less good with these low infection rates, right, where, it's, where it's early and there's low virus counts in, in the individual. Um, that which, actually means, Keith, which actually means, Keith, that it's actually a better test. For a lot of reasons, it has some attractive features, Peter, you're right. And Keith, in relation to um, how we would move towards antigen testing, for example, the Wedding Band Association are now going to commission for our members, this is, we're going to put this in a document, send it to government, say we will do antigen tests before we go to the venue. We've tried to work out what the problem was with live music. Now, obviously, 25 people, right? We're going to get really, you know, that evening the band comes, they dance. So it's about mitigation process and we would be part of a risk. And now we're saying, well, then just close the bar as well, okay? But the thing about it is the mitigation. If there is a new virus, as in it's more virus, it's more transmissible. As you going back to what Sarah said earlier, and what Peter was saying, fifty people in a, in a church or in in a civil ceremony environment, like we mentioned, Clonabrini, it's highly likely that is it highly likely that that virus will spread at that stage, regardless to getting to 10 p.m. or 9 p.m. that night when the band comes to, to fill the dance floor? I know that's a tricky it, question. It, it might, it, yeah, it, I mean, look, it's, it, it's a tricky question because the longer people stay in close contact, the more, if one is infected, the more likely they are to infect somebody Okay, else. so it's about mitigation um, then, so trying to keep the, that down and control it better. It, it, it is. So if that same group of people stays in the same space for one hour versus 10 hours, you know, logically it makes sense there's more opportunities for them to spread it. But you can apply the same logic in reverse and say, well, why is it that these six people um, somehow haven't been infected in that one hour? Because they, they can be infected there and then. So taking the other 44 out doesn't uh, I think makes much sense scientifically because the reality is they've spent more time together than that. They're not sitting in a fixed array two meters apart for, for 90 minutes prior to the end of the ceremony. Yeah. So, um, Absolutely, so yeah. I, I think you can apply that exact same logic. And I, again, coming back to kind of why we had a lot of these controls in place in the first instance, the, the argument was then, as it is now, that we need to protect lives and we need to protect the health system so that we can protect lives. We're now in a very, very Absolutely. different place. And we see this in the daily data that's published, where we have a very significant proportion of the most vulnerable people in our society already protected, at least partially. 
we have another chunk of people who have natural immunity. The, uh, the probability of people being infected is dropping all the time. Um, the probability of that causing serious harm, clogging up, overrunning the, the, uh, the intensive care units of, of older people who are more vulnerable, ultimately um, having serious outcomes, negative outcomes, decreases all the time because they're vaccinated. So if you couple that situation with antigen testing, I think you can rapidly accelerate um, because the downsides start to get uh, or start to reduce significantly. And the upside for the economy, for society, for people's mental health, for all of these people who've been waiting to get married now for 18 months or thereabouts by the time this all washes through, um, I, I think there's a really strong argument to take advantage of what is a very simple, relatively inexpensive, relatively easy to administer technology um, that will, I, I think, just accelerate our reopening and help yeah, so many yeah. people. And sorry, if I could just come back to you very quickly, because Peter, I know okay. that you, I know Peter, that you, you have, um, you're, you're going to look at doing something. It's going to come to you in a second. Sorry, I know that you'd be in touch with various different venues, and, and, and Peter, likewise. Is there an appetite for anything in your, on your side? Just as as an Irish wedding blogger as well, have you have people been in touch about antigens and solutions, and how do we just give? Because there's just an appetite now. We just want to get back. And we want to do everything we can to get back. Uh, that's it. I think. I think what. I think initially when we were talking about this, you know, whatever it was, a couple of months ago, there was there was an initial slap down from government that this isn't going to be happening. Um, mm. I'm seeing a lot more conversation bubble up, like a lot more curiosity about it. But there are brides and grooms, particularly the ones, and and I, I'll say it, it's particularly the brides and grooms that are living abroad that are asking me about it. Like, why is this not happening here? Because they're seeing it happening <laughs> yeah. well. In their countries. Now, I don't know enough about it, you know, so I'm yeah. not going to comment on, on, on whether it's, it's right or wrong. It sounds to me like it's a, you know, it would go a long way to get things back to a level of normality. You know, even looking at, at general events across the country would make, it would make such a difference. But, um, look, I, I honestly don't know. It just feels like there's, there's, um, if this can help move things along, then why are we not doing it? If um, if it's in, relatively inexpensive, then why not? And if it's just a temporary thing, while we just pad this time until vaccinations are a lot, you know, are are giving at least half the country coverage. Um, and there, there, there's the, there's the three ways. Yeah. And, and Peter, you would you be know, talking to a lot of your colleagues across the waters. Keith actually. Um, yeah, was over in the states not so long ago, and if if you had COVID, you know you were free to go. If you had your vaccine, you were free to go. The, the, the country is kind of opening back up. Um, mm. What are you hearing? Because just I'm, so that's why, yeah. yeah, we're I'm setting I'm setting up a, a a company called Event Doc, and we're going to be um, antigen testing for events and for uh, companies and for um, weddings. Because I see it as being an extra um, tool in the toolkit. And I just know that if I've got clients coming in for a 50th birthday and there's, or a wedding and they've got 50 guests, uh, we can um, antigen test them. And within 15 minutes, we will know if anyone is a spreader or not. And if they are, they won't be getting in to the party or the wedding. 
Is that, to, is that not a bit diff- just to be the kind of devil's advocate is that not a bit difficult right I know you just have to say no I'm just trying to kind of find the problems if we did get to a stage where we could antigen test everybody I mean trying to say someone yeah. no to someone you know and it's like oh no the, well the I mean the bride, basically you know? well it's basically either on their invitation or it's in on their ticket that oh, this okay. is a process that will be happening and um, because they will know um, that they're doing it for the good of the people who are who've got COVID and carrying it, and also for all the other guests or other pe- all the other people who are going to the event. So, if I was even going to the cinema and I was antigen tested going into a cinema, and I had to wait ten minutes or fifteen minutes um, before entering to know that I could sit through that movie and know that nobody in that um, in that cinema was active with COVID, I'd feel a lot more relaxed. Yeah, and, feel and I safer. think that's what it's about. Yeah. It's just, it's just, you feel safer. Um, I think it's, it's, it's just another, um, another tool to make sure that we're doing our best not to have people spreading COVID within the environments we're in. And what's and our also, plan, Peter? The more times, the more, sorry, the more times and the more people we test, the more we're taking out of, of spreading it. And this is why I can't believe it's not something that they want to do because. The biggest problem we have at the moment is testing is so low in Ireland, right? And it has been. I remember trying to get a test for my son um, from uh, in an airport. I had to, first of all, the hotline wouldn't even give me a number. I rang the doctor. They wouldn't give me a number because they said, oh, unless he's sick and he's, and he's got, um, he's got, you know, maybe a cold or a flu or sort of, we, we really, you know, we wouldn't, we, we can't give out the number for private COVID te- or PCP testing, whatever. So I eventually got to, to Cork Airport and they told me, I said, how many people do you do? And they said, oh, we do eight, eight cars a day at the airport. And in Dublin, they might do 20 cars a day. And I was like, oh my God, no one's getting tested. So this is one way I think that at least a lot more people will be tested. And the more people tested, the more people we find who've got it and the more people are taken out of spreading. Yeah. And I think that's, that's not a, a, a negative thing. It's a positive thing. Yeah, and like with with your plans for event doc, are you do you plan to do yeah. kind of like a, a mock wedding, or is there a plan? Yes, to have I'm planning you, okay. to do a, a mock wedding and show. Um, basically, I think you know, seeing is believing, and I really think that's the only way. And I'd love, um, you know, Sarah, to if you were um, there. I'm to, in. I'm in. She's in. She just said she's in straight away. Taking it for me in advance. And listen, if you're looking, actually, if you're looking for a band, if you're looking for a band and a scientist, you know, <laughs> I'm in. Or a, or a microbiologist. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. I think seeing is believing, and I think you know, just to know that the you've got, um, you're going to an event, and you know that everybody in there. Now, the, I, I was trying to make it in layman terms. What's the difference between the test that's right there now and what the antigen test is? And the big one is, as you said, uh, Niall, that the other test is very sensitive. So you may have had COVID three weeks ago and it will show up as being positive. You may have only just got it two days ago, which means that you're not spreading COVID, but you will be in a few days, right? Whereas the antigen test, from what I know, is it's only after five days that it'll show up. So it means you're in the real spreading stage of COVID where you can give it to other people. And that's what I think is what we need. We need to know, uh, we need to find the people who are spreading it, not the people who've had it four weeks ago and tell them not to come to the wedding. Here's a question. You know? Does the antigen test though show, like if you've had, 
I'm just trying to think. If you've had COVID, well, if you've had COVID, you'd probably say no. you had COVID. It doesn't. Does it, Keith? No, no, no. No, no. no, no. no. Okay. If, if you no, take COVID, it, it won't. It you won't show with them positive because you're not spreading yeah. it. Okay, 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 gotcha. And can I ask, are the UK, the UK are doing this? Yes. To my yeah. knowledge, aren't and they? And America yeah. are doing this. So, so this is, this is a big problem for us because what you're going to find is the border counties are going to absolutely hemorrhage because, you know, it's going to be... Yeah. It's happening already, Sarah. It's happening already. already. Yeah. It's kind of just... It so, is. Like, can we... Like, I think I think that's it. What, even if we're not there yet with it, and it might take a couple of weeks, a couple of months, to just even get some openness to, to do the live environment, like you're saying, Peter, to test it and trial it to see, can we roll something like this out? I think... I think what's most frustrating for me, and I probably share this with a lot, is just the lack of appetite to do anything. You know, I think that's it. It's the yeah. lack of appetite to you know, get things moving, help people get back to working, give couples a little bit of clarity and also find a solution. It's just like, no, 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 they're, they're, we're not going to try anything else but just try and roll with this vaccination game to, to wait for those Look, numbers it's, to level it's out. It's a very yeah. risk What frustrates me is I'm on it. I'm very conservative. That's it. And you see, like Niall said, I can't... Keith, Peter, Keith. Sorry, <laughs> I had to Sorry, pull you up for the second time. <laughs> That's well, okay, he's become worse. Back in April last year, right? April last year, I'm on a global advisory board for weddings, right? There's only about 12 of us on the board in the world. Uh, we represent 55 nations and we get information from all these different top planners all over the world, right? And I was trying to trace what's happening in every country at the time. I knew about Wuhan, I think it was early January, February. And so I'd heard about all this way before it kind of hit the big news or whatever. And what I, what frustrated me was that I contacted them because there was antigen testing done, I think it was in April or May last year in India. And again, they brought out a certain test to do antigen testing. I said to the government, you know, this is a really reasonable thing. It's a fantastic tool. We'll be able to use it. That was last summer. I, I mentioned this. And nothing happened. Absolutely nothing happened. So I've been frustrated for over a year now. So that's why I've decided. It definitely seems. Yeah. It definitely seems that we're falling. If you've got, if we had a festival this summer, right? You have a thousand people or you sell a thousand tickets to a festival. And you antigen test at the gates. There's no reason why that festival that day shouldn't go ahead and be live, as far as I'm concerned, if everyone tested negative going in. Yeah. Because straight away, you know that, you, you know, you buy your ticket on the basis that if you get there and, you're, and you end up, you know, getting, you know, being um, an active spreader, you're going to be turned away even though you've bought your ticket. Well, I'd actually feel good about that because even knowing that I had at least I'd be able to go and take precautions. But I think this is scare. We're really scared of of testing people. Yeah. That's my impression. Well, look, I, I, I don't see why we can't have an event if we've got people tested. I think I think um, just conscious of time. I I think to give our our couples some hope. I mean, the vaccination rollout is there we might argue it's 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 slow we might argue that the government are being conservative um we certainly believe antigen testing should have been part of the the solution not the solution but part of of various different measures to get us back to work 
Um, yeah. So the announcement today, it's 50 uh, for May at your religious ceremony. That includes your civil ceremony. And then after that, uh, 44 of you head off home. Six of you go to uh, go for a bit of food wherever you decide to go. I'm already seeing loopholes of people saying with the restaurants we open, you can go just go and rent a restaurant. And that permits you to go in and have extra people. 15 people to a marquee. I definitely see marquee weddings happening. If I'm truthful, I've done lots of uh, marquee weddings, even even uh, back in 2020. They will happen. We're in a different space, as as uh, Dr. Keith O'Neill said. You know, there's more people vaccinated. Um, you know, we should be speeding the process up a little bit. So, if I just leave everybody with a, with a last word, like Sarah, for hope, we have 25 people from the 7th of June. We don't know about the music guideline, and I keep saying this. It's a recommendation from Neffet. It's not the law. The venue might permit it. They might not permit it. We don't try and get involved in that part of it, but what we do tell our our couples is, look, you can have music. It's not the law. But what we will be doing from our perspective from the Wedding Band Association is trying to um, promote that kind of partnership with possibly with my bio for our members to do COVID tests, get the music back for 25 people by the 7th of June. That's a campaign we're going to be rolling out. Sarah, what way do you see things? I know it's a crystal ball. Will they keep mm-hmm. us at 25 for... Well, like to, to, to Keith's point, they seem to be quite risk averse. So look, with, you know, this is this is a slow game, right? I think they're, they're kind of drip feeding a summer to us, right? So, like we already heard from Leo that, you know, the reality is that we're not going to hit over 50 till after September, right? So we've heard that already and I don't want to crush any hopes with that but I think we have to be realistic. Mm. If vaccinations start to pick up speed and pick up momentum, it wouldn't it be great if we thought we could get those, you know, up from 25 a little bit sooner and I, I, I still remain hopeful that that could be a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's fantastic to see that, the, the, that retail by appointment will open um, from the 10th of May. I think that's a fantastic welcomed one because let me tell you, the amount of panic messages I'm getting about, you know, bridal wear is because of the time delay for mm. that to come in. So this is a huge, huge, huge win to actually have that. So I was really happy to see that. And um, I think that if I was to, um, I'm not going to put a guess on what the numbers are going to be because I just don't think we We've can. done that too many times in the past. We've done it too many times, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, and it always backfires and people do put a lot of, like in, in a world where there's not a lot of clarity, they put it on whatever clarity they choose to put clarity on and I don't want to be responsible for that. But what I will say is that, again, as we've been saying from start to finish is that it's to have your plan A, B, C, D and E, okay? Yeah, but the reality yeah. is, is it's not looking like it's going to go back down to six, which is the good news post-June, right? It can only stay at 25 or it can go up to 50. It's not going to go further than that. So if you at least narrow your focus in your planning to that and, you know, make the most out of it. And, yeah. and I think the good news is, is that a lot of couples feel that they've been robbed of the experience. Hospitality is opening up now. We've all of these other things. You can start making your experiences now in whichever way is most viable for you to do that. So yeah. all's not lost. You know, right. I really think it's important that people just embrace the fun that they can have in whatever way And that's way it. And if you're happy with 25, go with 25. So, uh, uh, Frank, if I can come to you, what, what? I mean, do you see trends changing? What's your advice to couples? Go with the 25, postpone. I mean, I know it's a, it's a different Yeah, I think, I think most couples will be happy with the 25 right now. Um, and I think... I think, like you said, I think it's going to be um, 50 by, you know, I think that's all we can hope for is a 50 by, by September. 
Um, and I do think that, again, people will be happy with 50. At this stage, they're exhausted. Um, yeah. I think one funny point that came up with one bride was, uh, I don't care about getting married with six because I need to eat a burger. She's been on a diet for a year and a half <laughs> to get into her dress. And she actually didn't care who attends as long as she can get married and start eating burgers again. Uh, can I ask so, you about, can I ask you about that? Gal. Like what's the, like, uh, Frank, if I ask you about the dresses, I mean, I know nothing about styles. I mean, does, do they have to go and change? Like do styles change or have we just been on pause anyway? So, I mean, oh, like I yeah. think it's been a, it's, it's a nightmare because yeah, I mean, people change, they change size, they change, and they're changing you know, seasons, summer, seasons, winter, totally. winter, winter wedding and then you're summer. Yeah, <laughs> it's just be, like it's it's a car crash for everybody. But, but luckily, bridal fashion doesn't change very quickly. That's the yeah, only yeah, thing, right? Yeah. It's, it is slow and it's burner. usually the dress. Yeah, it's usually the dress that suits you anyway. So you're not really. I don't think we follow fashion as much as we, you know, like fashion you would see in um, high street. You know, but I do think that um, I, I I'm just happy that the couples have been able to get to 25 really for for this. You know, for the summer at least. Because six is just, a, it was always a ridiculous number. Yeah, well, most people and postpone anyway. That, yeah. yeah, and I do think that a lot of couples are actually, will be thrilled with that. I, the problem I have with 25 is, again, in the detail, is that including staff again? We don't know yet. Yeah. So uh, if it's including yeah. staff, that's, your number's not 25. You so it's all this clarity, you know. For that, though, the staff doesn't come back in because they got such backlash from the IHF, yeah. etc. on that. So, but wouldn't you feel sick if you're the bride and groom Absolutely. that were the fifth and sixth, and then you're told by the seventh you can have twenty five? Like, <laughs> I know. Well, I, I know you, that's uh, the thing. I if, know. I do know a bride on the fifth, and she's devastated. You know. Yeah. So it's I do think ridiculous. it is very upsetting. Yeah, yeah I, seven, I, and I do seven. think I do think there'll be. For me, though, personally, I think that um, if I'm doing anything this summer, I am going to have whatever staff who work with me, I want to have them uh, doing antigen testing, the staff and the guests. Okay, because good. I just think I feel safer. Safer, yeah. Um, because, I, you know, that's the, the thing is, it's all about safety, really. Yeah. And and I can't see why that isn't important. It's a bit like, you know, before they were saying, you have to have food to go into a bar. Now, yeah. they've got rid of that now because it was a stupid idea, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's it. I, you I, know, I, so... so so it's the same thing. It's, it's, I, I think, again, uh, the, like you saw India. India's is gone, you know, crazy with the new variant. And I, again, think that, you know, I think the numbers are going to go way up this summer. I think once, the, once we start opening up, you're going to see people are going to relax. They're going to forget and they're going to hug. And I would, I, I really do predict yeah. that I'd say, I'd say the numbers would be up around 1,000 or 1,200. In the summer, so when on I that note, there on that note, if no. I can come to Keith, Keith just for for the last question of the day, antigen testing. Can anybody decide to give you an antigen test? Would the government trust us to do our own antigen test, or will it be viable? Would it this like would it be able to look at that and go if they do your antigen test, you can go to work? Yeah, you, you can buy an antigen test over the counter today. I mean, it's it's. It's about safety, but it's, it's also about managing risk. And I think we have to acknowledge at this point that the risk profile is very, very different than it was this time 12 months yeah. ago. As slow as the rollout has been, we are still projecting, and government is still projecting, that they will have offered the vaccine.
vaccine to 80% of adults in the country by the end of June. So with that, with the people who've already recovered, and then if you add the extra insurance of antigen testing, there really is, there's a very strong case that we can accelerate approaching something uh, approximating normal. Well, on that note, I think there's lots of hope. I think there's lots of hope. Like, this could end an awful lot quicker (laughs) that we would like to see happening, you know, if we could use antigen tests. But by default, as you said, Keith, if most adults are vaccinated, you know, we we should just start to see things levelling out. And that will give our listeners that are getting married in July and August and September a lot of lot of hope. So I would like to thank Sarah Kennedy from the Irish Wedding Blog. I would like to thank Peter Kelly, Aka Frank, and of course, Dr. O'Neill, microbiologist. I hope you all enjoyed this podcast and we will chat to you again very soon.